So there you are, right on the edge of doing something amazing, something incredible, and then it hits you. Who are you to be doing any of these things? You're not qualified. You're not famous. You're not well-known. Why you? And it hits you. The phrase, one of the phrases I hate the most, imposter syndrome, that we feel like we're not worthy. And it should never be that. You never knew you could do anything until you actually did it. There's always a time and a place that is the first time. And when you think about the the old saying that doubt kills more dreams than fear ever could, that is so true. Or as I say over and over, what the 19th president, Rutherford B. Hayes, always says, every expert was once a beginner. Nobody is born into this. It is ridiculously rare that it's just given. Everybody goes through it. Now at certain levels and certain fear levels that some people may or may not have, but the process is the same. And that's the key word I want you to focus on is process that once you understand, it's not really about imposter syndrome. It's about a process, about putting yourself out there, seeing what works. Then you can really put some thought behind what worked, what didn't work, and how do you improve? And that's what we're going to talk about. Not having imposter syndrome, but having a process to move forward. It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. I hope everybody had a great week last week and you're looking forward to another one. So this week, we're going to dive into imposter syndrome, which I know gets talked about a lot. And you know, that's just something that's just not for famous people. It's not for somebody trying to accomplish something massive or huge. It really affects everybody when you think about it. Man, all the way back to probably middle school, you know, really in your early, early years in elementary school, there's a lot of grace given to kids learning stuff and doing stuff new. But as you get into middle school, high school and beyond, there is a lot going on uh, with imposter syndrome, with people who think they don't measure up or they don't have what it takes. And that could be all forms of reasons why it's it's negative. And that's the problem is we just describe it as a negative thing. And and no doubt it creates anxiety and negative feelings, but anything we try to do, we just feel like we're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. And we kind of forget that everybody starts in the same place. As much as you see people who are super accomplished or super comfortable in what they're doing, uh, we all kind of start in the same place. And maybe people just started earlier than we did before we pursued something. And, and, you know, I'm not going to dismiss the fact that some people just have a natural gift for public speech or performing or, or things like that. There's, there's no doubt, but the overwhelming majority of us have to ramp ourselves up to do things like that. So I always like to think of uh, one thing, uh, a quote that I talk about a lot from our 19th president, Rutherford B. Hayes, that every expert was once a beginner. And that is so true that you know, way back when there was a time that you didn't know anything about what you were doing, you were talking about or any of those things. And so many studies have come out about 
who experiences that? And it can range anywhere from 9% to 82%. Most studies are around 70%-ish. And uh, that gets higher for feeling like you have imposter syndrome for, for women and women of color and, and minorities. So getting back to the, the original stat of the 9 to 82%, I kind of saw that and I'm like, well, what kind of stat is that? That's not that's like such a wide range. But then it got me thinking, it's probably that wide because if you're taking a survey, because it depends on where you take the survey and what results you get, um, it probably depends on who, what group, like if everybody around you is exactly the same or looks the same or even more importantly, acts the same or has the same behaviors, then you're probably going to be on the lower scale of imposter syndrome because you're around everybody like you, which gives you more confidence and you, you just feel um, better about stepping out and trying something new where if you are in a group of strangers, if you're in a group, new company, new department, whole new career, a new school, you don't know anyone, all those things. And you're surrounded by people who aren't like you, don't act like you, um, not going through the same struggles you're going through. It's going to be a lot worse when you take that survey and think about why do you have imposter syndrome and, and how can we change that? How can we, this is, like I said, starts way early on. So how do we unravel that? How do we, you know, make it so where it's a, almost a positive thing and understand that that anxiety is real, but it's natural and it should be. I mean, you think everything you attempted didn't kind of give you some of those things, then maybe you're just not attempting enough. So how do we turn that thinking into you know, embracing the grind, so to speak, knowing that there's a process behind it, turning it around, thinking, let's go on a discovery of how we can grow and get better. And the anxiousness will still be there. And honestly, some of that will drive you to be better, to be tough to have more follow through. But how do we turn it to where it's an embrace the grind kind of thing? It's an understanding of this is a normal thing that everybody's going to go through. And how do you turn that into, well, let me just go on a journey. Let me just figure out how to move forward. So, you know, you think about some folks that just get handed things. And, and honestly, that's pretty rare. You know, the, the quintessential rich kid or whatever, but, or, or even a birthright situation. But those are actually pretty rare. And the rest of us, the overwhelming majority, majority of us kind of have to make our own way. So when you think about things like that, it's kind of, it's really up to us what we're going to do to move forward. You know, everyone really expects you to fail until you don't, even if you're on top of your game. I mean, don't we always watch high level competitions and things like that? And you're just wondering if that perfect person who seemingly is perfect, but that's because they have can, you know, given so much to training, so much to learning that they're going to get knocked off their pedestal. And it's till you stop failing, that people really understand that you're becoming someone. And a lot of times we do look at someone in our own eyes that is trying to grow and they're trying to get into a space they're, that they're not quite a part of yet. And yet we look at that person like, oh, well, they're not at that level. Who do they think they are? And every time you have that kind of thought, maybe we should turn that thinking around into they're trying to be someone else. You know, if they're trying to be fake or lie about things or act like they have things they don't have. And certainly social media is riddled with things like that, whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever your social media of choices, TikTok, you name it. And you're only only talking about your awesomeness and your new car and it turns out you're standing in front of your neighbor's car or taking pictures and all, all that stuff. I get it. It's fake. But if somebody's truly honestly trying to grow and become better, maybe we should just uh, 
chill out a little bit and stand back and maybe even look at them and say, you know what? Good for you for trying to move forward. Good for you for trying to be better. So when we're thinking about things like that, maybe we could uh, maybe we could do some more of that. And, you know, the thing about the imposter syndrome, the thing about moving forward, this isn't just for social media influencers, famous people, millionaires, everybody in everyday life growing in a company or just trying something new uh, goes through this. It's not, you know, this really affects just about every one of us at some point trying to do something else. And what we got to understand is it it, uh, takes stages to get on stages, if you know what I mean. You're not going to get on the big stage right away before you, you know, pay your dues. You work on the little stages. You earn your way in. And I don't think that gets talked about enough. And talking about having imposter syndrome, I can think of two instances that I've gone through where I, I changed jobs. I have probably even that when I changed my job, but when in with that new company, I got sent to a different city for a promotion and a call that came out of the blue to apply for it and interview for it. And I got it. And the imposter syndrome, oddly enough, didn't hit me at that point. It hit me when I got here because what I found out is everybody in the area I went to applied for that job. And now I'm also managing people who applied for that job. And here I am from out of nowhere. Nobody knows who I am. They don't know anything about me. They don't know what I'm good at or any of that. And now I'm managing these folks. So you can imagine, and I'm sure many of you have been in that situation where that has happened. Or I think about something I've done personally, you know, as I, I, I say before, I am a pilot. I fly, fly small single engine airplanes that I, and I have a meeting once a month with a great group of folks. Don't get me wrong. I'm, but in this meeting, it, they're much, much higher level pilots. I, I have no doubt that in that entire room of 70 or 80 people or lately on, on massive Zoom calls, we're not really meeting together, but I have probably the least qualified, least experienced pilot in the whole room. And sometimes I'll have questions and answers and I'll, you know, I'll answer it what I think and, and and they'll give much higher level answers. And even in that, even in something you enjoy, a hobby you enjoy, but you get around other people that are way more experienced than you are. And that kind of creeps in, that anxiety that like, man, am I in the right group? Am, am I as good as the rest of these folks? And so this can happen anywhere. So you think about it, it takes stages to get on stages and start small and work your way forward so you can get a whole lot better than than you were. And you just kind of grow one after the other. So in a previous podcast, um, the Why Not You podcast, I talked a lot about people who made it from nothing, which again, is pretty much everybody. So I talked about J.K. Rowling, who was broke. I talked about, um, you think of Joe Rogan, who now... Um, is a household name, but took 30 years just step by step doing one thing after another. Stand-up comedian, been on television. Uh, he's He is a martial arts expert, heavily involved in MMA fighting, all these different things. But all that happened in stages. It didn't happen just given to him or anything like that. So those are the kinds of things that we have to dig into and figure out how do we change how we view imposter syndrome, most importantly for ourselves, but even for other people, you find people trying to get better and grow. How can that be done? So although there will always be a small level level of anxiety, a small level of, hey, do I belong here? At least we can work through it as a growth process and a self-development process. So what can we do to really turn that tide around? It's time for this week's commercial shout out. 
So if you want to dig really deep into how you can really adjust your thinking and start cleaning up your mental mess, a great book by Dr. Caroline Leaf called Cleaning Up Your Own Mental Mess. And she digs super deep. I mean, just decades of experience into the mind. And, and she'll tell you that, you know, the habits and thinking control the brain. The mind controls the brain, not the other way around into what we're doing. So go to drleaf.com or go to Amazon Books or wherever you buy books and get Cleaning Up Your Mental mess. It is a super deep dive, super informative on how you can really clarify your thinking and get a lot better at uh, moving forward and getting rid of a lot of those thoughts that just get in the way, getting in your own way. So go to drleave.com, Amazon Books, or wherever you buy books, cleaning up your own mental mess. So one of the first things you need to think of as you're going on that journey is because this is where the, the, the mental side kicks in is what are you willing to give? You know, I always make the joke from the from uh, Jason Bourne movies when Dr. Hirsch leans over and says, will you give yourself to this program? You know, that kind of thing. But really, there is a give equals get equation in life. And what are you willing to give to get what you want? And you have to be honest about that. There's so many outside factors to that. Do you have the time? Do you have the money? Uh, you have other responsibilities. You know, there's just a difference. There just is. If you're married or single, there's a difference. If you're married and have kids, there's a difference if you have kids, but then you have kids with special needs. And, and the list goes on and on of what challenges where your responsibilities need to lie. But you have to figure that out of the give equals get equation so you know where you're supposed to be. And a lot of that really comes down to a matter of time once you really kind of get past some of the anxiety of imposter syndrome. So think about this. You ever heard Dave Ramsey? And I would assume you've at least heard the name, but if you haven't, he is a uh, financial guy and very, he's had a very simple process for creating wealth and he's had it for many, many decades. And he basically gives every dollar a name at the beginning of the month and tells those dollars where to go rather than the other way around. And what everybody notices when they do that is they automatically have more income pretty much because they're not wasting it anymore. But what if you did that with time? What if you really, as nerdy as it sounds, all of your free time, every, every moment you're awake, I'm not saying you need to be awake more. I'm just saying, what if you gave every hour of every day a name and what that hour was for? What if you took that approach with your habits, with your with your fears and your self-doubt. Think about if you're saving money and investing money, probably the smallest portion of your income is going to go to to fun stuff like vacations and dinners out, right? Because you're saving money and cutting back on your expenses. Well, that would work the same for uh, your time. So you think about where you're going to invest your time. So what if you thought about time like that? That would change the narrative almost immediately. Or you think about, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, what if we could just change the language of imposter syndrome and change our thought process. And, you know, because I am a, a pilot of small single engine airplanes, I always have to say that because as soon as I say pilot, people think, oh, you fly airline. <laughs> no. Uh, but what about a pre-flight pre checklist? Because here's the thing, being a pilot, whether you're flying small planes or large planes, and it doesn't matter how many times you fly, there are always checklists in all different phases of flight, even before you ever leave the ground. And you can look at a lot of accidents reports and you will find quite a few of them are filled with the fact that somebody didn't look at a pre-flight checklist. So when you're thinking about how do I combat this imposter syndrome, if you had something like a pre-flight checklist, so you start feeling a certain way when you go to attempt something, that's just part of your checklist. Hey, I'm supposed to feel anxious. So what do I do with that? I'm supposed to be 
you know, have a little bit of fear. What am I going to do with that? There's an unknown factor of, is this how I'm supposed to do it? Or is this where I'm supposed to go? All of those things are, should be on your checklist. So you can just be methodical and start to create and embrace the grind mentality. Because here's the thing, when you think about you're trying to accomplish something other people are doing, and we get in this this mode where we think it's a competition with them. So for example, um, you know, just this podcast alone, there's many, many other podcasts by a lot of people with leadership experience that have been around for a lot longer than I have. And so do I compete with them or do I just compete with me? How do I do I compete with somebody like a John Maxwell? As I think he said the other day, he has like 87 books. I can't compete with that. Or, or he's traveled the world or he's well, no, no. He started writing books and, and releasing books back in the 70s. Those are 40 years ago. So I can't do that. I can't look at somebody's step 20 or 25 on my step one. And then when I don't have the same space or the same results of them, that um, I should feel bad about that. Because it, again, it takes stages to get on stages. So really your biggest competition has got to be yourself and where you're at. You can't compare yourself to somebody. So as you start to develop that, you start coming up with a pre-flight checklist, you start moving forward, you have to start accomplishing small little victories. Famous NFL quote or coach Bill Parcells has a quote that says, confidence is born from one thing, demonstrated ability. So it doesn't really matter how much you read about it, talk about it, plan for it. Until you actually start doing things that's when you really start building confidence, when you know you can get through some things and make it happen and you're okay in that space. And again, starting small and working your way up. And that's where confidence is built from. So when you think about the competition, if you if you really want to focus on that or consider that, think about this thought, that like your opponents shouldn't fear you. What they should fear is how you, you're either training, learning, discovering or doing the act of getting better. Those are the folks that are outperforming other people, but they're constantly pushing themselves. They're not comparing themselves to others. They're looking at who they are, what they are doing and getting better at what they are. So you've got to compete with you. But again, caution here. When I say compete with you, I'm talking about the same thing I was talking about at the very beginning of this podcast, that it's not an anxiety or self-doubt or a fear. It's got to be turned into a process, a pre-flight checklist, a, and a realization that what you're feeling is 100% normal. And as soon as you can set that aside in, in the amount of time you're going to give it, that's how you can move forward. So think about that, that you take those three categories, you know, the fear and self-doubt and just the anxiety and give them a time limit, recognize them, understand them, acknowledge them, and move on from that. So one great thing you can do is study the masters. Now I know I just said, don't compare yourself. I'm talking about how did they get there? What did they give to get? Every once in a while, you're going to stumble across somebody who maybe they just got lucky once. But even with that person, if they are continuing to produce and stay there, there's things they're doing that's a little different from you and really everybody else that's getting them where they're going. You know, I think of somebody like John Gordon, you know, when he talked about the energy bus book that he wrote and it just came in his brain on a walk 
And then he just couldn't write fast enough. And his book was done. I think he said in a, just a few weeks. And you're thinking, okay, well, you just got this one brilliant idea and it happened and all those things. But he's produced many other books. And he's kept going. So there's things that he's doing that's different. And you can look at anybody in any industry and see that, that, that they're just, they just keep going, that there's just something going on. So don't compare yourself to other people who are successful, but really have a just a huge curiosity of how, what are they doing different than everybody else? What steps did they take? And I would, you know, I would bet, I would guess if you um, could get in touch with them, if you can contact them and just ask them that simple question, they would probably love to answer that is, is really like, Hey, what are you doing that is so different than everybody else? Not just, you know, the, 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 the surface stuff, but just really the habits, the, the, the daily grind. I, I promise you, they will tell you the exact same thing about fear and anxiety and self-doubt. They will definitely have that. So how can, how can we create a pre-flight checklist so we can move on? Um, how do we give so much value to opinions that don't matter? How do we get rid of that? How do we get the social media arguments, the expecting to lose? Like I said, everybody expects you to fail until you don't. How do you set all that stuff aside and work on the things that you want to work on and start moving forward in creating that space? So the number one thing, like I said before, in creating your checklist is you have to acknowledge that that exists that you're going to have fear, you're going to have self-doubt, you're going to have anxiety, and give that a time limit. Explore it, understand it, acknowledge it, and then set it aside. Because here's what I've always said about attempting something you've never done. You're already not doing it. I mean, think about that. You're already not doing any of those things. So how can you really consider it a failure? I mean, which is the bigger failure? That you never do it and you live with the what if? And for me personally, that is what really drives me to do quite a few things. You know, if I have the opportunity to do them of the things I talked about, whether you got the, the time to do it and it's the right thing to do for you at the time. But the what if, what if you don't and you want to live with that what if forever, that to me is really what drives um, a lot of things for me. But you got to put all that aside and move forward. You're already not doing it. So I've got several other episodes that you can listen to to kind of get your mindset the right way. So I'm, I'm just going to briefly touch on what they're about. So back in episode 10, why not you? We really dig into very prime examples of people that you've heard of and people that you haven't heard of that have started from not doing any of the things they're doing now to seeing how wildly successful they are. And they will be the first people to tell you they've had many failures along the way. And they've gone through all those things. They've gone through, are they good enough? The anxiety level. So you go through, why not you? And why, just that simple question, why them? Why not you? Well, the simple fact is there are people doing what you want to do because they're just doing it. And I know that sounds so duh, but that begs the question, why aren't you doing it? They are. Another good thing to look at to keep you going is uh, podcast number eight, the two two-word sentences that always propel you forward. Because the thing is, when you start a journey, where most failure occurs is not in the beginning. I mean, how many times have you heard a, f a friend or a family member, somebody you know, just just crazy excited about starting this whole new thing. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And quite honestly, one of the most annoying type person in the world is somebody who tells you that over and over and over how they're doing this and they're doing that and they're going to have this great job or they're going to go to this you know great 
place or they're going to, you know, you know what I'm talking about, but they're always talking about getting started and they never do anything. Well, these, um, that podcast will talk about two, two word sentences that get you to where you need to be. So the first two, two word sentences, now what? And it's kind of a question and a statement. I mean, you've gotten to a certain place, but now what? Or maybe you've even accomplished something. Well, you can't stay there forever. So now what? And the second two two word sentence is when you get stuck after the now what, you kind of can't answer it. Well, then ask yourself, well, what if? What if the conditions were different? What if I tried this thing? Those two sentences really help you define moving forward of asking yourself, well, now what or what if? So you can continue to move forward. And lastly, uh, podcast number 12, the five disciplines of exponential growth, really dig into how you can create a process because there's really five key categories that you have to put time and energy into no matter what you're trying to accomplish to get better because they talk about uh, the very first one and I, and I, I compared it to the, to the sport of uh, high school wrestling, and, but it's kind of the same in life where the very first component is strength. And that's not just in the gym or how much you can bench. That is how much can you lift? How much can you do? When you think about what stage you want to speak on or what, it doesn't even have to be something like that, but what project you can do, like how much can you do? Um, How much of an influence can you make with a group of people? That's a strength. Discipline number two is related to conditioning. And strength and conditioning are not the same thing. Strength is how much can you move or how much can you influence? Conditioning is how long can you do it? How can you keep it up? How can you keep going for the long haul? So again, like I said, most people don't fail at starting something new at the beginning. Once they get started and they start to dig into some things, then they kind of have those self-doubts. It's kind of like Ken Blanchard's situational leadership, where step one is you don't know what you don't know. You're just happy to be here. You're giddy. You got the job. You're super excited. Um, You're starting this project. And then you get into it and you go to phase two, where you start to know what you don't know. And that's when it really digs in on you like, wow, I'm I'm, I'm a fish out of water. I'm out of my league here. So that conditioning, how long can you go? But that's what leads to discipline number three about technique, about learning how to do something. And that is different because that's the, if for lack of a better term, the technical side, how do you do what you're trying to do? And that's where I'm talking about really study the masters of what they're actually doing, which habit, which things should you be doing? How should you be doing it? And that'll be a combination of learning from others and finding a way that suits you and how you do things. So, you know, like say we're talking about writing. Well, if your writing style is a certain way, you like to write in the morning or you like to write a ton at once or a little bit, you know, all of that will change. But learning a technique. So you have strength, how much you can lift, how much you can do, how much you can influence. Conditioning, how long can you do it before you run out of gas? And do you give yourself what I call little mental gas stations along the way to keep you moving? And then number three, technique of learning the technical side of what you're actually trying to do. So for example, when I started this podcast, I had to learn how to record and how to edit and how to put it on a hosting site and all of those things. And I'm still learning a lot of things because it's not where I want it to be. But I don't look at other podcasts like, oh, I wish I could be like them. I look at mine and say, okay, how do I get a little bit better. And that's where the technique comes in. Number four 
is well, kind of wraps up all three together. And it's just simply mindset. And I say simply mindset, not that it's simple because that's one of the hardest hurdles. Because as my uh, high school wrestling coach once said, the mind always quits before the body. So if you're dedicated enough, you probably should pass out before you give up. <laughs> just think about that. Um, that's kind of a tough advice. But the, the mental game of keeping yourself going, of having the mindset, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm going in the right direction. I'm, I'm starting to achieve the goals, all those kinds of things. And I can keep going. That's what keep those three together. Now, once you have those four going at least forward, going in the right direction, the last thing you need is number five. The last discipline is community. And that means how do you show up in the communities you serve? Think about like that, the pilot meeting I talked about that I go to once a month where I am surrounded by much, much, much better pilots than I could ever be. Uh, well, hopefully uh, I'm working on it slowly, but uh, they're, they're way ahead of me. But how do I show up in that community? Do I be jealous and all of those things? Do I cower in a corner and say, oh, I don't belong here? No, you, you learn from it and, and you grow from it. But depending on what, you know, you have all kinds of communities to show up for. There's the work community. You could be part of a church community. You could be part of a city government community. It doesn't matter. Facebook group, who cares? You know, whatever community you're involved in, but you need community because you're not going to do stuff by yourself. And if you're going to accomplish anything, well, it ain't going to be just you on a stage somewhere. If you were, you know, say you wanted to be an influencer or whatever, you're not going to be, you know, that's the biggest thing about that is followers on social media. You know, when you think about that, um, so you need community. So you need to work on all five. But when you can take those five and break them down into just actionable items, make that part of your checklist. Where am I in these different, these five different blocks and continue to grow? As you focus on a process, a lot of that self-doubt and anxiety and fear will always be there, but it'll be a lot less. And what you'll bring to the forefront is where you're going. So understand that everybody at some point in their life has some form of imposter syndrome. And the sooner you learn to deal with it, the sooner you learn to set some of that aside and use it as a driver and just do whatever it is you want to do, the better you're going to be. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. And check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.